0: Christians are supposed to be Christ-like, just as the name implied from when it was originally used in the first century right up to our own postmodern world today. It's as simple as WWJD, right? Wrong. Join our show host teacher, servant leader, and fellow traveler as we journey together in learning how lives daily renewed by God's grace and power can embrace Christian living that counts and makes a difference in a broken world. Greetings for Author Talk, this is J. Douglas Barker. The book title is What Are We Doing Here? And Who Are We? And joining me from uh, the Carolinas, I think it is, is uh, my author, S. T. Jenkins. Welcome sir to the program. Hi, how are you? Doing pretty well. This is a, a short read, one hundred and some pages, one hundred fourteen pages or so. It is. Uh, it, it offers some intriguing insight into your background and also into your viewpoint of. Uh, I will call it Christianity. I'm guessing that it, that would be also a a uh, an observation of your book. It would. Will- you you have a yes. you have a military background. Uh, you were a marine, of course, which is a, a commendable occupation, a preoccupation, and now you're an author. Is this the first book you've written, sir?
1: Yes, um, it's not actually not the first book, but it's the first one that that um,
0: I wanted to um, I wanted to really get out. Because of your uh, heritage, you uh, have a, a, a cover that is uh, intriguing as well. It goes back, I'm sure, a hundred or two hundred years. The, the sketch that was there—where did that uh-huh. come from, and what does it represent to you?
1: Um, that that that, that um, it means a whole lot to me because the heritage that I represent, nobody talks about it, or you don't hear about it. Everybody can look at their heritage and tell where they're from but we we seem to not go no further than the 1800s when you talk about yep. heritage mm-hmm. so i i started looking it up i mean it had to be more than than just the 1800s it has to be something past that and by me being overseas running into different countries and running into different uh people and talking to different people that even look like me. I I I I started getting different answers from different people. And I decided just to to get in in, in the books and, and look it up. Hmm. And I find after I looked it up, this has been a, a a secret that has been long kept where we were from. We are not Africans. Like, like the book says that, that we're supposed to be. We're not African. We are, we are Hebrews. We are, we are descendants from the from the from the people that Moses brought out of Egypt. Hmm. Those are, are, are our people. So that would make
0: us Hebrews. Interesting. This is uh, is this. Would you consider this a, a novel or unique idea? Has this idea been around very long?
1: it's It's been around a good while, but it's not not been it's not been endorsed or or pushed
0: right or even looked up and what what is what is the benefit that you feel uh, perhaps has been overlooked by uh assigning i say assigning but uh, a testing or calling people of color uh primarily those uh, of Hebrew descent. Now, it's not just people of color, is it? Is Or is that uh, your primary no, no. idea?
1: It's It It goes back to um, there were there are 12, uh, 12 um 12 tribes of Israel that was lost. That's right. And 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 we are one of the tribes
0: which come,
1: comes from Judah.
2: Hmm.
1: Now there's there 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 white people in there too. I mean I'm not I'm not leaving them. Now are some in there too, Excellent. and they are from a different a different tribe or a different father.
0: Interesting. But they
1: they are they are in that 12, uh, twelve 12 units that's, 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 that's missing. We we're the we're a missing 12.
0: and and in your story, in your research, and your studies, and in your observations, as you uh, entered this subject, was there anything that you discovered or or came across that kind of shocked you or that you, that you feel was the reason, the motivation for sharing this in print?
1: Yes, it shocked me because I had never never heard it before until I went to Vietnam. I heard it in Vietnam, believe it or not. Really. Uh, this woman would come on every night and would would direct her, her, her information to the black Marines, wanting us to leave the American side and come to their side. Huh. And believe it or not, I heard it from her. She was telling the black Marines, uh, you're not African or you're not even American.
2: <sighs>
1: you're Hebrews. You come to our side and, and help us. These people don't don't want, don't want you there. This was the stuff we heard all night long.
0: That's incredible.
1: And that's what really got me started. I, I, I said to myself, I know these people are lying. <laughs> you know, you you, you it, And we was told we was told this. Oh, it's, it's 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 a lie. Don't believe it. You know.
2: Mm-hmm. And it kept
1: in with me as I got out of service. It stuck with me, and it made me look up, get the Bible, and look up stuff. And
0: it's in the Bible. That's interesting that the a pro- woman was telling yeah. the truth. Uh, interesting that a propagandist would uh, use that approach. Uh, very unique. Exactly. Did, what what happened? What happened? Uh, did did you ever discover what happened to uh, to that individual that was uh, broadcasting this this unique message uh, to the troops?
1: Uh-huh. I don't know. After I left, uh, the, I think they called her Anoa Hannah.
0: Oh, that's right. I
1: believe right. That's, I believe that's that's who that's, that was her name. She come on there at night, and 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 talk to the Marines and stuff, and try to get them to to leave leave the American side and come to their side.
0: Fascinating. And when you decided you wanted to share this information, how long did you? Uh, delve into this history and uh, into the story content of your book. How long did it take? How long did it
1: take? How long did it take me?
0: Yes, sir. About five years. Five years, and was it a challenge for you? I am guessing it was because there's not a lot in print. It
1: was. It's a challenge to find stuff that has been hid from you for. For many, many, many years, it, everything was here. You, you, you had to uncover, try to find and uncover. There was books that was written back when, but they're in libraries. Nobody tells you about them. You just have to go dig for
0: yourself. Uh, you've uh, you've broken your chapters down just by chapter numbers, not by content necessarily. You have five chapters. Uh, is there any one yeah. story in there that you feel will stand out to the reader? Well,
1: there are several chapters that that uh, will stand out to the readers, but um, there is one that actually tells uh, pretty much uh, uh, about your your heritage. I think that's the one. It be it would be chapter. Now let's see. Where are we? It's on page eleven. This is the page I think pretty much was gonna stand out. Mm. And if if anybody would like to look it up, think I'm lying, it's in Deuteronomy twenty-eight thirty-two, and it tells you exactly. I mean, it just... and there it was. I mean, when I looked at it, I said, "Oh my God." Mm. it's in here <laughs> interesting and it's been there it's been there for tons of years
0: what is the what is the uh, describe for me i mean i i would find your book uh, fascinating to read and and i'm sure others would is there one particular uh student or individual or group of people that you feel are going to find this the most intriguing and uh, hopefully will be the buyer of your book
1: I think if, if, if anyone that's looking to find out where uh where they're from or whom they are, that would intrigue them. It's hmm. it's it, it's basically for, for them to to find out where they're from and what what what, what group what tribe they're from.
0: Mm-hmm and you have included personal stories in there some of them kind of shocking and uh, sad i would i if i if i may use that term uh, where you have been <laughs> been, been misused and yes. mistreated because of yes. your cultural heritage uh that's yes. that's a sad uh sad part of the book but do you feel like in the end people will come away inspired i think
1: they will because uh, uh the reason they will a lot of us don't know where we're from Hmm we're going by what we're told we don't know where we're from but when you find out where you're from it gives you it gives you that 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 feeling that i've got a place i can put my hands on
0: yeah place you belong from way from way back Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. i've been looking into family heritage a little bit on one of those one of those, uh, look back at your family sites. And, uh, I didn't, you know, my great grandparents and even my grandparents were deceased by the time I came along. I was a late, uh, late arrival in our family. My parents had an immaculate conception when they were in their nearly 40 years old. Uh, so I, uh, I grew up with older parents and, uh, looking back, I find, you know, great grandparents from the 1800s and so on. And I, I didn't even know their names really. And I don't know much about their, their history. And it's only one side of the family. So there's a lot of, a lot of untold stories that have, uh, have come about. Now my dad did write a, his own personal biography uh, about his growing up and the challenges he faced. This book is not just, uh, I, you, you wouldn't consider this a biographical sketch though, would you? Although there are some bi- biographical in, content. In yes.
1: some, in some cases, it might be thought as that, but no, I wouldn't.
0: And, and do you have a desire to, to do a follow-up book, or is this kind of uh, getting it off your chest and getting it out there for the world to see?
1: I want to get it out there for the world to see because everybody needs to know where they're from. We are not just Africans uh, thrown in here uh, doing slavery. We are a people, a great people, because we are the people... That God said, "These are my people.
0: Mm.
1: We are we are those people."
0: Beautiful. It's an inspirational co- comment and and uh, content uh, encourager right there as you've uh, as you've given it. The title of the book again is "What Are We Doing Here and Who Are We?" My guest author S initial T initial Jenkins J E N K I N S. Mr. Jenkins, where do my listeners get copies of your book?
1: Uh they. And they can get a copy from an author house, uh Amazon, or, or most of your your um your 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 um uh, uh, where the church gets their get their material from,
0: where right. the churches get okay.
1: their material from from a lot of your Christian bookstores. Fabulous,
0: fabulous, it's there. Fabulous. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Again, it's an interesting read—114, 15, 20 pages, something like that. Not a dif- not a difficult read, but it is uh, full of uh, interesting content and certainly provocative to some people. They have not heard this this approach to uh, to Israel and the lost tribes uh, until t- perhaps even today. Um, but it's not just a book for Christian readers. It's a book for anyone that's uh, want to be challenged it's a in book their for thinking. Everybody. Absolutely. Well, thank you, sir, for joining me today and. Back Best of luck with this. You Do Do you have a website yet?
1: Uh, Tillman, Tillman Jenkins. It's S.T. Jenkins. Um, you want to go to it, it's
0: Jenkinsnet.com. S- Take your right, straight S- to it. stjenkinsnet.com. All right, well, uh-huh. thank you, sir, .com. for joining me today. Best of luck to you and your book, and uh, hopefully you have a provocative and interesting future with uh, with writing, and maybe we'll hear from you again. Thank you again for joining me. Oh you will, you will feel. I got another book coming out right behind. You. Fantastic for Author Talk and Author House. This is J. Douglas Barker. Stay with us for more Christian living that counts. Back in a moment. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness
3: expert, Annette Hammond.
4: The National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute defines high cholesterol as a condition in which you have too much cholesterol in your blood. By itself, the condition usually has no signs or symptoms. People who have high blood cholesterol have a greater chance of getting coronary artery disease. According to the American Heart Association, more than 120 million Americans over the age of 20 have cholesterol counts that are above a healthy level. Harvard Medical School says that the good news is that cholesterol levels can be controlled and just by lowering your total cholesterol 10%, you can decrease your heart attack risk by 20 to 30%. Making changes in your eating is important, but including daily exercise is a must. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our Facebook fan page at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond.
0: Returning with more of Christian Living That Counts. Greetings for Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book title is Lessons of Nature from a Modern Day Shepherd. And joining me from the Shepherd's Home, I guess, in the northern part of the United States in Idaho is author Don F. Pickett. Thank you, sir, for joining me today. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. This is a fascinating book, a uh, hundred and so pages, and uh, the fascinating part about it, uh, besides the fact that, um, it, you know, you have written it, and I think this is your first book, you have a background as a shepherd. Uh, tell a little of your family history and and uh, why this book became important to you.
5: Well, I'm a fourth-generation sheep rancher from southern Idaho. Uh, My home is about uh, five miles away from our closest town of Oakley, Idaho, which is a population of only about 700 people. Uh, Following high school, I labored as a missionary in South Africa and in Rhodesia, which is now Zimbabwe, uh, where I witnessed a lot of nature firsthand. Uh, Thereafter, I obtained... The bachelor's degree uh, in ag economics from Brigham Young University, and then a, a juris doctor degree from the University of Idaho. Uh, I never really intended to practice law full-time, but rather to come back to the ranch. Uh, hmm. This is where I always wanted to be. And so the last uh, 35 years of my life, I've uh, worked with our herdsmen in the hills of southern Idaho. And so... Uh, I guess one could say that uh, I've been blessed with the ability to communicate in writing the ideas and feelings uh, that these uh, humble, earthbound workers would, I think, have some difficulty uh, piecing together and expressing on their own.
0: But and, and tell me a little of the size of your ranch. This is also a... Um, I, I think a, uh, a, an occupation preoccupation that uh, some people are not that familiar with, other than the fact that there are sheep involved and uh, an open range. Is it a large, uh, area that they need to graze or, or how is that, uh, how does that, how is that uh, put together in your, your, uh, life?
5: Well, I have a, a family ranch. I work with my two brothers, uh, and, uh, and we, uh, Ranch uh, in southern Idaho, as I said, as well as in uh, uh, northern Utah and in Nevada. Wow. Uh, I work uh, uh, with the sheep. Uh, Another brother does the farming, and the third brother does uh, the cattle work. Uh, But the sheep require a lot of territory, Uh, a lot of U.S. forest uh, land in the upper elevations where the feed is palatable for lambs to grow out and mature.
0: Interesting. And
5: so uh, we cover a lot of territory uh, in this area of the country.
0: How do you keep the sheep together if the they're
5: They're open herded. They're open herded. Uh, they, 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 uh, sheep have a gregarious instinct, uh, meaning that they like to stay together. Hmm. And so uh, uh, herdsmen uh, use white faced uh, sheep as mother used because uh, the black faced sheep uh, don't have that gregarious instinct, uh, and will, will tend to separate out uh, more easily and get lost. Interesting. And so they are open-herded, uh, and we have uh, one shepherd per herd who lives alone uh, with his sheep uh, eight months out of the year Incredible. and uh, has really no one to talk to but his sheep, a horse, and a couple of dogs. And and this is the, the uh, thing that I really felt I wanted to convey to People who read this book uh, because they they learn uh, when they're on their own with no one to talk to a lot of important life lessons that nature has to teach us that uh, people uh, who live in the artificial man made world, which is about ninety nine point nine percent of us mm-hmm. don't uh, really have that opportunity. To see firsthand,
0: uh, would you would you call your book uh, from your perspective a book of inspiration, or is it an instructional book? Uh, how would you describe it? It's not a long read, about a hundred and ten or fifteen pages or so. Uh, how would I you would, describe it?
5: I would say it's an inspirational book. It's uh, it's thought provoking. Uh, it's a spiritually rich book uh, because uh, uh, the lessons that we uh, learn from nature. Uh, also carry with it a lot of uh, spiritual teachings uh, that uh, our Creator, I think, intended uh, to provide by studying his natural creations.
0: You've created 15 chapters. Uh, a couple of them that are, are at least interesting by title. The second chapter is the side we do not see, and I'm kind of curious about that. What is the side that we uh, are not available or are not not noticing in life?
5: The simple fact uh, that life uh, has two key components. Uh, there's the uh, uh, biological side, uh, uh, made of uh, matter uh, that uh, is formed from the dust, as, uh, as our Creator uh, indicates, happened from the Bible. But uh, in order to uh, give life, there's that spiritual side uh, that we don't see. And uh, that's what this second chapter is about. It, it uh, provides some lessons that uh, these people who live in nature witness on a day-to-day basis uh, that are uh, a likeness of the spiritual side that uh, is not visible to uh, the carnal eye.
0: And and why is the sky blue? That's a question that uh, maybe a two-year-old or a three-year-old or even a thirty-eight-year-old uh, gentleman or, or or gal may may ask or may be asking in their subconscious. Why is the sky blue?
5: Well, uh, of course, there's a scientific side uh, that uh, uh, the scientists will teach us about. It's uh, dust particles. Uh, and when the suns uh, rays e- reach our eyes, uh, these dust particles appear, uh, this light blue. But there's also another side that uh, is more symbolic in nature that stands for openness, uh, uh, freedom of thought, uh, inspiration, expression. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and that communication, uh, I think, exists uh, between the heavens and the uh, God's people on earth way more than people realize.
0: In lesson three, you started uh, the universal laws of nature. It, it's a poetic um, read, I, I would say, to describe it. Is this something that you yourself have created, or did you uh, borrow that from someone else?
5: Uh, all of the uh, chapters begin with a poem, and I created each one of those poems uh, myself. Uh, the third chapter, which deals with these universal laws, uh, uh, address uh, the laws that are unchangeable, that uh, our Creator uh, applied to create uh, the heavens and the earth. It's, uh, an example would be gravity. Yes. Uh, and that's one of these laws that, that uh, if we didn't have, uh, everything would be in chaos, including our our earth upon which we live. And uh, with these universal laws, by understanding them, uh, we can uh, uh, work uh, towards a desired end, knowing that those universal laws will apply every
0: time. Have you always uh, been a reflector? Uh, I mean, writing your thoughts and uh, maybe some poetry. Have you been collecting these for a long time?
5: Uh, It took me several years to write the book. Uh, The most difficult uh, part of this book was preparing uh, these short poems that uh, had each chapter uh, because it was difficult for me to find the best words and the proper uh, rhyme scheme to fit. Uh, Mm. But the lessons uh, uh, are drawn over a lifetime. And uh, if I could... uh, go back as far as when i uh this is nearly half a century ago when i was walking along a dark trail in the middle of the night in uh, the country of rhodesia again that's uh, zimbabwe now mm-hmm. and i saw a little campfire i was scared what might be behind each dark tree i was able to walk up and uh, uh find uh, this young uh uh, Shosh- uh family uh the, they were the mom and the children were in uh, their little uh, grass roof uh, huts called crawls, and I was able to communicate enough to talk with the dad and the older sons around the campfire, and uh, and share that uh, fire with them that night. And and from that time, I thought to myself, you know, all I've got to give these people is a little bit of dehydrated elephant meat and a, a pamphlet that I know they can't read. Hmm. But you know. Uh, uh, here was a family that learned their lessons from nature and uh, here is a family that uh, i think uh, developed a profound respect for nature and the divine hand that created it even though i doubt they ever heard of uh, of jesus christ uh, mm. the creator of heaven and earth uh, i think that they knew His there
0: wonderfully wonderfully put you you reflect in your your book about uh, of course several topics Is there one thing that you discovered as you were writing this that you hadn't really thought of, something that was new and a light bulb may have gone off? Is there anything that perhaps was a surprise to you as you wrote?
5: Not as I wrote, uh, 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 but I I can uh, reflect back on an occasion uh, with an older seasoned herder who uh, appointed uh, early one morning to Uh, some skeletons out on a ridge where a lightning strike could uh, kill several of his sheep uh, many years prior. And I think he's testing uh, me a little bit, but he looked at that uh, pile of bones and he said, you know, they haven't budged an inch all the time I've been (laughs) herding these sheep. And uh, we went on a little bit further and came upon a, a spring, a little spring that came up out of the ground. And then, uh, uh, a 100 yards uh, downhill, it uh, disappeared back into the earth uh, from where it came. And uh, we collectively thought to ourselves, there it is, it's, that spring's dead, it exists no more.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: But then on retrospect, we realized that that's really not the case. Here's a lesson of nature, how our Creator uh, somehow, beyond our ability to understand recreates those uh, decomposed molecules of hydrogen and oxygen in the sky. And that little spring lives on and on and on. That's life, you know. We're born, uh, we die, we're raised up again, and we live on into the eternities. That's one of the great lessons of of nature uh, that uh, I have learned in working with these men.
0: Beautiful. Well, the title of the book, again, is Lessons of Nature, from a Modern Day Shepherd. Again, it's a, a short read, 118 pages, actually, and uh, from Descriptive, a book of inspiration with reflective thought on, on uh, events and uh, circumstances that have shaped the author's life, Don F. Pickett. Don, thank you for joining me today. My listeners may want to get a copy of this. How do they do so?
5: Well, uh, it's uh, on uh, Amazon and uh, can be obtained through Barnes & Noble. And the publisher is working on a a website for me, but the easiest way is to simply uh, type in uh, on a Google search uh, my name, Don F. Pickett, Lessons of Nature, and it will come right up.
0: Absolutely great. And let me spell the last name for my listeners, those who uh, may want to do a search online, because uh, I'm thinking that perhaps this is just the beginning of your writing career. The uh, name again is Don F. Pickett, P-I-C-K-E-T-T, And uh, if they do a search under your name, they'll be able to find that. Don, thank you for joining me today and sharing your story. Don, I I noticed that there are a lot of uh, Scripture references in this. Is this a book that maybe is focused on uh, people of faith?
5: Yes, uh, but uh, the surprising thing is the most uh, uh, responses that I've had uh, have come from people that, uh, that simply love the fun read that uh, uh, can smile and laugh and say, Oh, boy, uh, that reminds me of an experience I had. And uh, mm. and so I'd suggest uh, that it would be interesting not only for people of faith, but for people who might uh, not uh, have the strong faith that others have.
0: Very good. Is there a, a book in the future? Have you already begun one, or what are your thoughts?
5: Well, I'm getting a little older in life, and... Uh, and i don 't know how much more time I've got uh, to be honest with you, uh, but I certainly wanted to uh get these thoughts in front of your uh readers uh, uh because it provides a wonderful glimpse into the lives of people who know nature like no other there's no other occupation
0: Excellent. that brings
5: a person closer to nature than that of a
0: shepherd. Thank you, Don, for joining me today and sharing your story for author talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. Stay with us for more Christian Living That Counts. Back in a moment.
2: It's Merging
1: Did you hear about Wesley, the golden retriever puppy from Michigan that was fitted with braces? Before you think this is a bona fide insanity, Wesley was born with teeth that were so crooked he couldn't shut his mouth all the way. This was affecting his ability to eat properly. So his owners took him to the Harborfront Hospital for Animals and Veterinary Dental Solutions, where a doggy orthodontist prescribed him a set of braces. And now, pictures of Wesley smiling with his bright, shiny braces have been circling the Internet. With all that metal wrapped around their teeth, some would think that most dogs would become bruxomaniac, but not Wesley. He doesn't mind the braces at all, and is now able to eat his food with gusto. A bruxomaniac maniac is someone with an uncontrollable urge to grind their teeth.
4: It's words, name, I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: Returning with more of Christian Living That Counts. Greetings for author talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The book has a very positive title. It's titled "There Is Hope." Subtitled, I Was Healed Metastatic Kidney Cancer Through Faith in Jesus. And joining me from Indianapolis in Indiana is uh, guest author Gregory M. Dublas. Welcome, sir, to the program. Thank you. Your book, a little over a 100 pages in length, and it is a personal story of faith and uh, certainly one of uh, miraculous healing. There are many skeptics in our world. Why did you choose to write just this book and tell your story?
3: Yes. Well, the reason I chose to write the book is to tell people who may need hope. There's a lot of people who uh, may go through a difficult time in their life uh, because of depression or because of cancer, because of uh, all, all kinds of problems. And the purpose of the book is to tell people that there is hope, there is real hope, and that hope is found in the Lord Jesus, the Holy Son of God. That's how I was healed, and I know this hope is true. It's real. So that's the purpose of the book, to give people hope.
0: Uh, you, sir, are not a preacher or pastor by, uh, by occupation. You have a, uh, have a business background, and yet you've grat- gravitated to the faith community and certainly to a, an acceptance of uh, healing in your life. How did that begin, and, and uh, why is it still important to you?
3: Well, this is very important to me. Um, about 38 years ago, a godly man, uh, and I believe that was a divine appointment, a godly man told me, asked me this important question over a cup of coffee. He said, Greg, if you were to die tonight, what would happen to you? And I thought about it, and I didn't have an answer for that. And so he encouraged me to begin reading the Bible. And I began reading read the Word of God, the Bible, and there I found the truth. So all those years, I've been studying the Word of God. And I found the Word of God to be a living Word. Uh, it is alive. Because all those years, I knew God is a living God and His Word is alive. But then through this experience that started at the end of 2015, when I was diagnosed with kidney cancer, then in January uh, uh, 12 of 2016, they removed my left kidney, but the cancer moved to my lungs. That's what you call a metastatic cancer. Yes. And so through this experience, I found the Word of God to be even more so a living word.
0: Ah, uh, there are some denominations and people and pastors and so on that believe in healing in a miraculous sense. Uh, was that something in your experience prior to having cancer discovered?
3: Well, I knew prior to having cancer, I God delivered me from other things. Uh, I was supposed to be killed other times. I one time I was I electrocuted myself, and God saved me. And another time uh, by a mere. Uh, a fraction of a second, uh, a, a pickup truck uh, that was holding a bobcat in the back was coming at, at high speed, and he didn't stop at the at the, at the red light. And I almost crossed, and he was coming from my side. I would have been wiped out. But at the very last instant, not a second, I stopped, and he barely went in front of me. I knew God saves me. Another instances as well. So I knew God is a living God. When this came upon me with cancer, I began trusting in God, and uh, on, the doctor told me in February 25th, 2016, that there was no hope for me. She I cannot heal you, the doctor said. Then I began even more so dwelling in the Word of God. So I copied uh, about 70 verses from the Bible that talked about life, health, deliverance, peace, hope. And I learned those by heart that I will say them all the time, whether I drove or I was in my office at home. I spoke the word of God. As I spoke, it, it went to my heart. And the word of God, as I said earlier, is a living word. And then faith began to rise in me through the word of God. Faith began to rise to a point where I begin to expect a miracle. And faith is extremely important because without faith, we cannot. Please God, it says in Romans 10-15 says faith comes by seeing the word of God. Then in Hebrews one six says without faith you cannot please God. So faith is very important, and that's how I was healed
0: through
3: faith in God.
0: When you say healed, does that mean that every evidence of cancer disappeared from your body?
3: Well, at this point, that's what it is because ever since. Uh, on April 25th of 2016, I went for a checkup after two months. After he told me that he couldn't help me, and I had the blood tests in the morning, and CT scans and an MRI of my head, and then in the afternoon I went and saw the doctor who had all the information from the tests, and he told me that uh, he couldn't understand uh, what happened to me, but those things that were in my lungs were not there. They backed off. Mm. He said you had a spontaneous regression. He couldn't explain that. He was very frustrated.
0: Is there any... And so,
3: ever since I've been going back, every, every three months I've been going back, I had the test. And so far, thank God, everything's okay.
0: And and the doctor is still referring to that as spontaneous regression. Uh, that it, it, Has it impacted him in yeah. a way that he might uh, maybe be pursuing a faith walk?
3: Well, on that very that day, when he told me he had spontaneous regression, I knew inside my heart... Before I knew exactly what that term meant, of course, I knew the words from penis. Well I knew in my heart that it was great news for me. I jumped on, I thanked the Lord. I said, Lord, thank you for healing me. And I pursued after that, thinking, the Lord, that being with him. And I asked him, do you believe that the Lord healed me? And he wouldn't say anything. I said, do you believe that Jesus is a healer? He wouldn't say anything. Mm. He, he wouldn't. He says, look here, Greg, I'm a doctor. I need to find out what's going on. I said, but how can you find out what's going on? Or there's some miracle. And he insisted he wanted to learn. So every time I go back, since that time, every three months I go back, I remind him of the miracle. I told him that God, through Jesus Christ, his son healed me. And, and, and he heals it all the time. So where he is spiritually, I'm not quite sure.
0: Well, you you haven't been shy or quiet about uh, expressing your faith, which is commendable. This is a very doubtful world, uh, people who are skeptical. Uh, there are some who may look at this and say, well, perhaps it was uh, the power of positive thinking that has, uh, has brought this about. Uh, how do you respond to those people?
3: Well, I would say to these people that there's no such thing. This is what the enemy is spreading around the world, that you could be healed with the power of the mind, mind over matter, however they can express it, all kinds of things they say. Bottom line is, I know that not only the Lord healed me, but while when I was diagnosed, the Word of God spoke to me. Literally, God brought my mind to specific verses, such as uh, Psalm 112, 7, that says, the man who, of course, fears God is blessed. And then in verse 7, it says, he will not fear of fear evil tidings because his heart is fixed in the Lord. And so I knew that if you have cancer, you cannot be serious with mind over matter or because you eat the right things, or because you exercise. Those are all tricks the enemy is telling people. Bottom line is, well the doctor tells you that's what you can do. Hopelessness takes over and hopelessness kills people. So anybody without the Lord, they have passed away. Because hopelessness is a terrible thing. On the other hand, like I said, not only did the Lord heal me, but gave me hope. And hope from above, the real hope, is life. And so I had life, because by the grace of God, I was making it.
0: Well, the title of your book certainly underscores that. I, I love the title, There is Hope. In a hopeless world, there are many needy people, and, uh, hopefully, as, as your book even underscores, uh, this insight into your walk of faith will certainly inspire them. You, I will also mention to my listeners, uh, you have an MBA. It's not like you are a person that grew up in, uh... An
3: MBA, yes.
0: Yes, you, you are an educated man. You are a person who has, uh, not shied away from sharing your faith once you latched on to it. Uh, this has been a journey of several, what, several decades, thirty over 30, 30 years, correct?
3: Well, yeah, the journey of the Lord is over 38 years, but uh, since 15, uh, as I said before, through the illness, uh, the Word of God came alive. And uh, sometimes, TJ, people say, um, why do this happen to people? People say, why is this come to me? And uh, you probably care for that, uh, people say, why why now, why me?
2: Mm-hmm. Why
3: do bad things happen to people? All kinds of questions. And I will say, I've learned through this, uh, that our bodies are temporary in this life, and they often break down. God has nothing to do with it. Uh, our bodies break down. I thought I was in perfect health, but at the same time I had kidney cancer until it was discovered because it was tossing; me. It wouldn't stop. My cough wouldn't stop. So I went for a, a simple test to see that's what's going on and they found cancer in my left kidney. So oftentimes you may think that you're okay, but, but you're not. So bodies, our bodies break down because we're temporary. Another thing is, you may drive a perfect, a perfect good driver and careful, but somebody makes a mistake because like, they were intoxicated and they cause a major problem on you they didn't mm-hmm. have anything to do with it.
2: Mm-hmm. So
3: it is because of Uh, other people's fault, or because of our mistakes. And, And those things happen. God has nothing to do with it. But I will say also, often, it is the will of God that our life to end, because God always has the best for us. That's the other option that always is there. Yeah, if this is your will, I'm okay to go. So God often has, and there's many examples in the Bible, where God, for example, Moses was about 120 years. was nothing wrong with him, but God says it's time for him to die now, hmm. and in and, and many other cases. So we also have to accept the will of God, that he knows what's best for us.
0: One of the great things about those who are people of faith is uh, their response to trouble and difficulty is either way we win. I think that's, uh, that's a wonderful philosophy of life, whether you are a faith person or a non-faith person, but as a faith person, it certainly uh, does inspire
3: Oh, absolutely, you made a great point. If you believed with all your heart that the living Christ has everything sinned, you know that if he seals you, it's okay. It would be great. But if he doesn't heal you, it's okay too because you're going home.
0: Yes. Beauti- beautifully said. Your book uh, is uh, broken down into, uh, they're not exactly chapters, but maybe paragraphs or chapters with paragraphs or sub-paragraphs. I will read a couple of the Of the titles for my listeners, the uh, book begins with Faith in God Brings Miracles, and uh, you reflect on Abraham's faith and David's faith, and then you launch into your personal testimony, Witnessing for Christ, Does God Talk, the Surgery, Keep Trusting in Him, My Problem Was Bigger, Waiting Anxiously, New Hope, the Miracle, and Another Witness for His Glory, and then you uh, have uh, inspired people by saying this in one of the chapters, Don't Give Up. Uh, explain to me how this has changed your life.
3: Don't give up? Well, when you uh, um, when you read the Word of God, you cannot. You cannot uh, ignore the fact that God is a living God. You cannot ignore the fact that everything is in His hand. Knowing that everything is in His hand, no matter what you go through in life, as you said earlier, whether it is cancer, whether it is depression, whether it's a, a serious financial problem, or because you're an older person and lost your job, there's no hope for you to find something else. No matter what the difficulties or the challenge, or you know God has everything in His hand, uh, you cannot give up because say, Lord God, you got it all. Everything you got everything in your in your hand, and so you cannot. So I'm telling people who perhaps may not be. You have a great faith to encourage him, don't give up. Look up to the Lord, and he says your answer. Don't give up. Don't say, okay, that's it for me, because if you do, hopelessness will flood your heart. Don't do it. You don't want hopelessness, but look to the Lord, and he will grant you the hope that says all understanding and the peace of God.
0: Beautifully said. This is a, a book of hope, uh, the title of which is, There Is Hope. I Was Healed from Metastatic uh, Kidney Cancer Through Faith in Jesus, and my author has been Gregory M. Dublas. Sir, there are listeners out there who need to get a copy of your book. How do they do so?
3: Well, I found the uh, the easiest way, the fastest way, is Amazon.com sends the books out in a couple of days. Um, They often have uh, free shipping. Also, of course, Barnes & Noble. You go to a store... They, they get the book for you. Barnes and Noble or Amazon.
0: Yes, they can request it but by Amazon name. Amazon
3: I found to be the quickest way.
0: Very good. Yeah. Thank you for, for sharing your story. I'm uh, presuming that there may be something in the future, a, a sequel to this or something else. What is your hope for the future?
3: Well, I would like to write something uh, to continue to explain to people how great the Lord is, and, and his love is beyond what we can comprehend. I would like to continue, God willing, uh, to write more because my purpose, God has a purpose for every person, male or female, God has a purpose in this life. Nobody came without a purpose. Um, And my purpose is to declare the works of the Lord.
0: Now, this might be a great book for someone. What kind of response have you gotten uh, from those who've read it, sir?
3: Everybody who has read the book that told me it is great and they're overly happy to have the opportunity to read. One person told me, Greg, I'm using this for a daily devotion. I'm going back and forth in your book. But this lady from Florida told me, uh, about 75 years old, she says, all my life I've read many Christian books, but this is the best I have ever read. And this is an unsolicited comment. Another lady from town here, in Fort Wayne, where I am from, um, told me that it is the best book that I've read. And I didn't solicit those comments, that people just either uh, text me or send me an email because in the book, I have my email in there so they can, they can get in touch with me. So also the, the, the comments I'm getting so far from people who have read the book.
0: Great commendation. Thank you for sharing your story. Again, the title of the book is There is Hope and the author Gregory M. Dublas spelled D-O-U-B-L-A-S You can do a search under his name and also locate this book and anything that happens in the future. Greg, thank you for joining me today and sharing your story.
3: Yeah, thank you so much for taking time with me.
0: Best to you and thank uh, you. And, and in your future. For Author House and Author Talk this is J. Douglas Barker. Join us again for Christian Living That Counts.